Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I just checked and I did a podcast on Uganda a couple months ago. And today will be on Rwanda. Uh, Uganda was, was also on neurosurgery. Today will not be so much neurosurgery. We'll be rather in the direction of, of uh, neurology and psychiatry. But uh, let's start. So we are 11th of July, um, it's the afternoon in the summer and um, still making this um, from my apartment in Innsbruck. Um, I recently read a blog post of Ian Sanders. Um, it's the second time that I encountered him while following a link from one of the many newsletters that come into my mailbox. He talked about deliberate rest. A concept where you rethink rest and don't see it as a leftover time between work and sleep, but really something you are deliberate about. I don't do that. And even though they say that if you don't do that, and you just keep on reading and talking and walking, you will get exhausted. This is actually why I ended up making this podcast. While um, it is a restless search for new information that can also lead to some interesting encounters. And this led, as I said, to this short series of articles on Rwanda that I will start today. It all started when reading in the Belgian newspaper, The Standard, um, a, an article, an interview with the neurologist Peter de Deken. In answering his last question, he referred to his work in Rwanda. That caught my attention. I looked him up on LinkedIn. That's at least one advantage of this extra social media profile. And we start talking. He seemed to be quite involved in education and research on epilepsy. He referred me to the driving force of this research group, Dirk Teuwe. I called this guy and we had a short but interesting conversation. He's the type of guy who can be super enthusiastic while keeping his feet on the ground. We concluded our conversation without making specific appointments, but he would send me some articles to read and next time I was in Belgium, we were gonna try to meet up. A couple days later, I got an email with six articles attached. The next series will be a summarize of all these articles. Um, when starting the series, I wanted to put all articles in one session. This turned out to be unlogic, as the articles are too interesting to shorten them up too much. Remember, as always, links will be in the show notes. One article of today, the biggest one, is from Fidel Sebera et al. He is a neurologist in Kigali, and this article is Valid Validity, Reliability and Cutoffs of the Patient Health Questionnaire 9 as a screening tool for depression among patients living with epilepsy in Rwanda. This was the subject of his master thesis that he defended in Dakar. First, some details on Rwanda.
This is a landlocked country in East Africa with around a little bit more than 12 million inhabitants. It's rather a young population with a mean age of 20 years old and which less than 20% live in urban areas. They have a community-based health insurance model that provides cost coverage and healthcare system operates with health centers, health posts, dispensaries, district hospitals and reference hospitals. Also interesting note is that access to neurologists is limited limited with 0.024 neurologists per 100,000 inhabitants. This very nice article focused on epilepsy. They wanted to investigate the reliability of the patient health questionnaire, the PHQ-9, as a screening tool for depression among patients with epilepsy in Rwanda and will describe this short series of questions, or will at least compare it with um, the longer, already approved scoring scale, HDRS-17. On this scale, the HDRS, standing for Hamilton Depression Rating Scale, the Dakin himself wrote a shorter article that I will also discuss as an introduction. This article dives deeper into the issue of depression in Rwanda and is a perfect introduction before we go into the longer article on the prevalence of depression in patients with epilepsy. Globally, the prevalence of depression is estimated to be around 4.4%, with the highest at 6% reported in women in the African regions. This is even higher in Rwanda due to the continuing impact of the 1994 genocide. Major depressive disorders affected around 12% of the general population in Rwanda, with a higher prevalence in persons aged more than 45 years old and patients with a lower education. Major depressive disorders amounted up to 35% among the genocide survivors. Surprisingly, only 5.3 used the mental health services, resulting in a large diagnosis and treatment gap. To diagnose depression is an important first step in mental health care. In a resource-limited environment, the use of scales to screen, diagnose and follow-up depression could contribute to the closure of this gap. HDRS is widely used to diagnose and rate the severity of depression. It is composed of 17 diagnostic questions, which result in a score from 0 to 52. Questions 18 to 22, 21 qualify the depression. A score of 7 or less is considered as absence of depression, whereas in generally agreed that a score between 17 and 23 represent a moderate depression. In this article, they describe how they translated this scale in Kinya Rwanda, the local language. Careful wording is required because in African societies, it is not culturally appropriate to ask directly about emotional states, such as, have you been depressed? Also, words describing feeling states 
are sometimes totally absent in the local language. The translation of HDRS 21 from French to Kinya Rwanda was done by a group of clinical psychologists and a group of psychiatrists. Comparing both versions, a consensus was made and the final version was then back translated to French by linguists and compared to the original version in French. Lastly, the translation group scored each item, each item of the final HDRS 21 Kinya Rwanda version for their cultural and linguistic clarity. So they put some effort in trying to make this scale valuable for um, people living in Rwanda. I'm not diving too deep into the statistics, but HDRS was found to be a reliable and valid instrument and an optimal cutoff for depression was a score of more than 17, this having a sensitivity and specificity of more than 95%. This score is in line with other studies done in countries like Ecuador and um, done in patients with specific diseases like Parkinson's, stroke or Alzheimer's. The fact that the cutoff in this study is slightly higher might come from um, the fact that there is a large proportion of patients with a background in a war trauma. From this study, the most important consequence is to know that the availability of HDRS in Kenya Rwanda is an important step forward in giving the high um, possibility of finding and treating depression in patients uh, in Rwanda. Because HDRS has a lot of questions and takes some time, other more user-friendly screening tools like PHQ-9, something we will discuss in the next article, might be a good alternative. This brings us to the second article of Fidel. This second article, also done on uh, research done in Rwanda, is um, on the uh, comorbidity and the coming together of depression and epilepsy. With a prevalence of 15 to 23%, this is quite high. And the fact that these patients take medication where the adverse events can interfere with depressive feelings makes it even more important for physicians to know about these both diseases. Doctors tend to focus on the medical side of epilepsy, forgetting the psychosocial components of epilepsy. Epilepsy, as well as depression, are both associated with a stigma that, it, that is in Africa at least as high as it is with us in the Western society. The first step in treating these patients is finding and diagnosing them. For that, we have been talking about screening tools like questionnaires, for example, the HDRS. Like already mentioned, this HDRS is quite long, and the PHQ-9 is a good, short screening tool that can be used to screen for depression. This screening tool has nine items, and is based on DSM-4, the big summary of the mental health disease collection that has been used worldwide by many psychiatrists. 
The page Q9 is developed for primary care and has different cutoffs depending on the target population. It has been validated with different ethnicities and countries. It has been used in studies in different sub-Saharan countries, but not yet in Rwanda. It's also unknown how PHQ9 might perform in patients with epilepsy. So this study is on how to use this questionnaire as a screening tool in a specific target population, patients with epilepsy in a specific country, namely Rwanda. For four months, they conducted the research in the Neuropsychiatric Hospital in Ndera, just outside of Kigali, Rwanda. They included 434 patients in whom the treating physician confirmed epilepsy as well as depression, but with no other mental disorders. At the first visit, patients got the PHQ-9 and the HDRS scale. As I already told you, HDRS is already validated, is just a little longer and for that less appropriate for quick screenings. Investigators administering HDRS were blinded throughout the study to the results of PHQ-9 and vice versa. A randomly selected sample of 20% of all participants were turned off the 14 days for a follow-up assessment and then completed the PHQ-9 and HDRS again. This enabled evaluation of its temporal stability and inter-rater reliability. A strong positive correlation was observed between PHQ-9 and HDRS, indicating the robust external validity and the high agreement between both tools. PHQ-9 showed good accuracy in discriminating between participants who did not have depression and those with mild, moderate and severe depression. Subgroup analysis by age and schooling didn't influence the results. So this study confirms its clinical usefulness in Rwandan patients with epilepsy. The translated PHQ-9 was reliable and showing a high degree of internal consistency and temporal stability. In the discussion, they elaborate on something else that I think is quite interesting, and it's the difference in the cutoffs. Cutoffs for the PHQ-9 vary across populations, differing in clinical setting, concomitant disease and culture, and require population-specific values rather than the inflexibility adhering to a single cutoff point. And in Rwanda, they seem to be lower than the cutoff point for depression in general population in developed countries. Studies with targeted specific patient populations recommend highly variable cutoffs ranging from 6 to 8 in chronically ill older patients in the Netherlands to 15 in white female psychiatric patients. Our cutoffs of more than 5 for moderate and more than 7 for severe depression is among the lowest of target populations and a lower compared to cutoffs for patients with epilepsy of 9 in Canada and 10 to 15 in the USA. In the article they think of reasons why these cutoff ranges in patients with epilepsy in Rwanda are lower than in other countries.
they suggest two possibilities. Firstly, there could be underreporting due to difficulties of the, to differentiate between disease-specific symptoms of epilepsy versus depression. Fatigue, poor concentration, poor appetite, and weight changes can be both side effects of the meds and depression-related. These factors are things that are questions in the PHQ-9. The impact of epilepsy-specific symptoms on the performance of depression skills has to our knowledge not been studied and it requires some more research. Second, and I think this is um, important here but probably everywhere, there is still the social and self-stigma that is important as two-thirds of the general population would exclude patients with epilepsy from school, work or social gatherings. Both limitations they mention the age limit of more than 15 and opting for the HDRS as a diagnostic reference are for this, this study not that important. I think the study is clear and well done. To conclude, we can say that this cross-cultural validation of the PHSQ questionnaire proves the capacity to screen for, measure and treat depressive disorders in patients with epilepsy in Rwanda. This is definitely an important step forward in their holistic care in a resource-limited ecosystem. I hope you liked it. Um, of course, it's far from my bed show. I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a neurologist, but I, I, I kind of like to research and I have sympathy for the researchers. So that's why I thought of, of forcing myself to at least try to make a clear summary. Um, you can always reach out and um, yeah, I'll get back to you soon. There are still four more articles that I have to read and I'll see what I can make from these. Thank you and goodbye.